13 past eight. So we know who had their birthdays on this day because we've been mentioning it and playing the music. But it was also on this day that uh, our former statesman, President Nelson Mandela, received the Nobel Peace Prize alongside the last apartheid president, F.W. de Klerk. And uh, it comes at a time that a variety of organizations were awarded the Peace Prize, the Nobel Peace Prize this year. It went to the human rights advocate um, Ales Bialyatsky from Belarus, the Russian Human Rights Organization Memorial, and the Ukrainian Human Rights Organization Center for Civil Liberties. So we thought we'd talk about uh, that particular Peace Prize, but also take us back to uh, the reception for Nelson Mandela as well. Sela Khatang is the CEO of the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Always, Sela, a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Michelle. Good morning. Sela, good morning to you too. So we, we talk about the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, if we think about former president and former statesman Nelson Mandela, former president F.W. de Klerk, but we also look at those that have been awarded this year. What is it, uh, what is the golden thread you feel that joins the two together? I think it speaks to the world that's still in turmoil. Hmm. It speaks to the world that's still struggling to kind of uh, find their peace, find itself in a, in a position where it's, uh, it's benefiting all um, that human rights are respected across the world. And in fact, uh, uh, I, I sent the producer this, this speech that Madiba made, the acceptance speech now, because this is the anniversary of the announcement. But um, the acceptance speech uh, reads like a... Uh, it, uh, I think it, uh, if you read it closely, you, you, are, you, are, you are saddened by the state of the world, the state of our country... Uh, because Madiba's vision uh, is nowhere close to being achieved, at least from that speech. Um, stuff that he was referring to, uh, even people that he names as uh, also needing to be freed, are still not free. Aung San Suu Kyi, for example, being uh, one such person that he singled out uh, yeah. to say to the Burmese government they need to, uh, to free her. And now you have Russia and Ukraine in a state of, in, 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 in a state of turmoil, and NATO helping war along the way. Uh, you have Russia that unjustifiably are having attacked um, a sovereign state. So I think in a way we, we find ourselves in, in a world that, uh, that it's not worse off, but definitely not uh, what it was, uh, what it is, what Madiba uh, would have wished to see. You know, one of the things I've been thinking about with regards to the Nobel Peace Prize is that it it is so placed in a time. And the reason I say that is that I'm thinking about the Ethiopian president who won the um, Nobel Peace Prize. And at the point that he won it, you know, people were saying that he was really a massive driver of peace. Um, and yet, if you look at what is going on in Ethiopia now, one could say something very, very differently given the war in the north um, with the Tigrayan people and Ethiopia working uh, against them. One can also even look at Aung San Suu Kyi. I mean, she, she won the Nobel Peace Prize whilst she was in jail. She came out 
there were big question marks around her um, opposition to the Rohingya people, which is not to say that she should be, um, that her, her jailing now is correct, as you've noted. But what it does do is it does talk so specifically to a time, a moment in time, and how things change as well from there. Yeah, and, 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 and it's, it's uh, fascinating because if, if you look at the, the people that uh, received the Nobel Peace Prize, yeah. um, it kind of, uh, I like how you put it, that it, it's almost uh, putting the world in a, a, on, on, a, on a particular platform at that time yeah. that the person receives it. And uh, you, you note their speeches, you then see that uh, they they they, ha- they are expressing a particular wish for the world, and yeah. you look at uh, Aung San Suu Kyi and how uh, she was then. Uh, uh, people are saying she should be stripped of her, um, her, her peace prize, but then she goes back again into uh, a, a, a state of uh, being detained by the government. Yeah. So it's a it's 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 it's. Reading some of those speeches, uh, because I, I took time this morning to read some speeches that were given by, by Madiba and Aung Suu and it, it says the world was uh, on stage, on a particular stage, and, uh, and the Nobel Peace Prize says, this is what we wish we can see in the world. Yeah. But then you look at the state of the world today, 2022, um, it's nowhere close. To what it, it, it was supposed to be. If you, if you, for example, were to look at the the uh, 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 the, the speech of Madiba, um, he 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 looks at the uh, the, the anti-apartheid movement, and he says these are people who are in solidarity with us from a far distance. They were all wishing for us to uh, be better people, and uh, and that solidarity is lacking more and more. Um, because we're becoming more and more in, in, engulfed in the individual, the person, the survival of the soul of the individual instead of nation states. But also he, he notes that, uh, if anything, that this Nobel Peace Prize should then signal that a child of South Africa can, can, and a woman in South Africa can be able to walk freely uh, with, uh, with food in their tummy, but that they won't then be harassed, they won't uh, be gender-based violence, but these are things that uh, we're talking about today where a 15-year-old child was gang-raped yeah. and then ran to a, a clinic, um, was not helped by the clinic because they said start at the police station. She goes to the police station, she collapses and dies. A, a woman just two days ago, three days ago, uh, gave birth um, just at the gate of a clinic because a nurse and a security guard told her that uh, the, 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 the clinic has not opened yet. Um, it, it's a country where you find uh, that you cannot just uh, walk freely when, or even ride your bicycle. Uh, the the athlete, South Africa's top athlete on, 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 on cycling, uh, had his, uh, uh, two, both his feet. Um, someone, these guys just wanting to chop them off. Uh, police who then... Uh, kind of go out of their way to help criminals um, who are out in the northwest, in Clagstock, who are raiding communities 
for for gold that is still in the belly of uh, this country. Um, so, so I'm going to ask are... you. I'm going to ask you. I, I apologize. I'm going to ask you to pause because I have to go to a break. But when I come back from the break, I want to go back to 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 your your comments now and the anger that's related to it uh, because I, there's something that, that that struck me as I listened to you. But I'd also like you, if you do have um, Madiba's speech with you, I'd like you to hold on to that for just after the break. Michelle Constant on SAFM. We're chatting to Selo Hatang, who is the CEO of the Nelson Mandela Foundation. And it was on this day that uh, former President Nelson Mandela, statesman and President Nelson Mandela, received the Nobel Peace Prize alongside the last apartheid president, F.W. de Klerk. Selo, you, I, w- I was listening to you speak, and it's, it's very clear that you are speaking with the voice of many, many citizens of South Africa, and that is with a voice of anger and rage. And if I take that back to the Nobel Peace Prize, it makes me think that we are too easy to celebrate someone getting a Nobel Peace Prize, and I'm snapping my fingers because they get it, and we think, ah, amazing. We're so amazing because uh, this person received the, the prize, and this is us. But we should be looking back at ourselves with shame. And I'm sure many people do when we think about that and we look at um, some of the incidences that you've mentioned now. You know, the, uh, it's an indictment, Michelle, on, on, on what, uh, what the, the world that, uh, or the country that Madiba wanted to build and, and that she was hoping to build. And, uh, and reading the speech um, this morning saddened me, but it also gave me a sense that there's still hope. Yeah. And I think if we are to, to do anything, is to say uh, it's an indictment, yes, um, that today still you can have people that go to bed hungry. The dedication yes. system is still not helping pull the millions out of poverty. That you have um, over 50% of your young people, over 60% of your under 35 unemployed. And Madiba, in that speech, notes these things as things that needed to be dealt with. That corruption uh, was uh, one of the issues that you deal with. But key to it all, he says uh, we must then have a humane uh, face to, to ourselves. And you look at the U.S. because he knows uh, um, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. as one of the winners. And he says he, this is a man who also uh, fought hard for us to, to be standing here today. Um, and today still you can have a George Floyd moment in the U.S. Now, it, it, these are things that uh, I'm saying we, we are indicted for. However, I'm also saying we still have a country that um, is, is, uh, where, where black people cannot just uh, feel that they are ashamed to be black um, because at least you still have some freedoms. There are not enough freedoms to claim that we are free, but at least they are saying... We are, our humanity is recognized that we are not um, below white people today. Yeah. And I think uh, white supremacy as it rises today in this uh, day and age that you have white rights rising in the U.S., rising in France, rising across the, the globe. You then also have to look back and say, this is the very world that Madiba was saying we shouldn't have. And I think, uh, if anything, we should then be saying, how do we give hope? How do we yeah. ensure that uh, Michelle uh, Constant's uh, uh, program this morning says to a South African, 
you must still wake up and do something to build a country that you dream of, not that Madiba dreamt of. Sela, I hope that we do that. And I hope that we try and shift the way we look at our world um, every week here on the show. And I appreciate uh, you reminding us and reminding all our listeners of what it means to A, have hope, but B, be a citizen. We're going to actually play out with some of that speech. And I want to say, Selo, as always, I always say this to you. Thank you. I love speaking to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. We speak here of the challenge of the dichotomies of war and peace, violence and nonviolence, racism and human dignity, oppression and repression, and liberty and human rights, poverty and freedom from want. We stand here today as nothing more than a representatives of the millions of our people who dare to rise, rise up against a social system whose very essence is war, violence, racism, oppression, repression, and the impoverishment of the entire people. I am also here today as a representative of the millions of people across the globe, the anti-apartheid movement, the governments and organizations that joined with us, not to fight against South Africa as a country or any of its people, but to oppose an inhuman system and sue for a speedy end to the apartheid crime against humanity. These countless human beings, both inside and outside our country, had the nobility of spirit to stand in the path of tyranny and injustice without seeking selfish gain. They recognize that an injury to one is an injury to all, and therefore acted together in defense of justice and common human decency. Because of their courage and persistence for many years, we can today even set the dates when all humanity will join together to celebrate one of the outstanding human victories of our century.